We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Madsen, right about the 49ers over at NinersWire.com, part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. Joining me right now, Chris Biederman of the Sacramento Bee. And before we dive into this Chase Young trade new Chase Young trade news, we're going to tell you about our friends over at Lamb Chops. SGLambchops.com is the website. Uh, Candlestick20 is the promo code to get 20% off your order. They have a new winter line coming out. Make sure to follow them on Instagram at SGLambchops to get all the updates on all the latest styles. They have hoodies. They've got t-shirts. They've got shorts. They've got sweatpants. I am so excited for hoodie season, Chris, with my new lamb chops hoodies. Sacramento is in like a love-hate relationship with the idea of hoodie season right now. It is like warm one second. It is freezing another. And no one can, like Sacramento can't just figure it out. I would really love for them, for Sacramento, not like the weather. I'm not talking about the people. The weather to just like decide, okay, it's it's hoodie season, so we don't have to keep doing this back and forth thing. I'm wearing my lamb chops hoodies no matter what. So Sacramento, okay. as you figure that out, I'm <laughs> down. I drive in. I drive into work at five thirty in in the morning. It's forty five degrees out. I need a hoodie, and lamb chops are my favorite favorite ones. You should get yours at sglambchops.com. Promo code Candlestick twenty for twenty percent off your order today. Phenomenal sweatpants, of course, and we oh, love zipper pockets. Going. We're still going. Okay. The zipper pockets, <laughs> legit. You know, you know how much the, the zipper pockets. How much? Broke. Nobody loves a zipper pocket more than you. No, absolutely not. All right. We're also sponsored by Cooper's Brewing. Cooper'sBrewing.com is the website. There, you can order Candlestick Chronicles Hazy IPA by the case. You get a case of it shipped right to your front door. It's a next day shipping as long as you're in the state of California and 21 or over. They will ship it directly to your door. They have so many good beers there. They have Pilsners. They have Stouts. It's about Stout season. I can't wait to have a, a good Stout with the weather cold. They have Sparkling. Sp- seltzer. Seltzer is the word I was looking for. They have Seltzers if you're not into beer or if you're just more into Seltzers. They have great selection. You know how I feel about Cooperage. I, I Boy, let it I. be known that it competes with anything, anywhere particularly in the North Bay beer scene. Um, there are a lot of people who work at uh, a lot of other prominent prominent beer uh, beer makers, and they go to Cooperage to drink because that's, the way, that's how they feel about the beer there. So um, I'm not going to name names, but if you think of the famous, the famous beer spots, some of the famous beer spots in Santa Rosa, and the fact that a lot of people who work at those establishment, establishments and go to Cooperage to drink their beer, 
uh, I think speech speaks for itself. So shout out to everyone at Cooperage. It's as good as anything out there. And shout out to Cooperage for sponsoring this very podcast. Get any beer, but particularly the Candlestick Chronicles Hazy IPA at cooperagebrewing.com today. All right, let's talk about this Chase Young trade. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. So there I was on the radio interviewing our good friend and our favorite Disney cast member, Nick Wagner. And he was talking about Steve Wilkes. I'd asked him, hey, you know, is Steve Wilkes going to make it through the bye week? And he's in the middle of this long answer. And I look up at my screen on Twitter. And, no, 30 seconds ago in Rappaport, the 49ers have traded a mid-round pick to the commanders for Chase Young. So I said, hey, Nick, what do you think? <laughs> Just cut him off. And uh, I've... I've never gotten to ask somebody a question about, uh, like a reporter, a question about breaking news as it was happening. So that was a lot of fun for me. Yeah, I'm sure. What, anyway. So what would Nick say aside from that? Just like him having to go. Um, that he, I, I honestly, I don't remember exactly. Okay. He liked the move. <laughs> sure. But like, did he give you the deep dive? of like analysis or was it just no it's a pretty quick like off the cuff because yeah. he's i mean he's a he has he's a journalist he had things to go do so so it wasn't a it wasn't a super deep dive but overall for for me just in a vacuum i think getting chase young for a compensatory third round pick even if he is a half season rental is a good move regardless of the issues the team is facing anytime you can add a high quality pass rusher to your defensive line and you're a team that believes it can contend for a Super Bowl, I think you should do it, particularly if it's a compensatory third round pick in a season where you are in a draft year where you already have two of those. So I, I I really, really like this deal for San Francisco. If you were to forget about the last three weeks and even like back in August when you and I had the discussion about this very idea of adding of adding Chase Young to this group. You would look at this defensive line now and say, man, this is one of the best defensive lines on paper I've ever seen. <laughs> like, full mm -hmm. stop. Like, you have Chase Young, a former number two pick. Nick Bosa, reigning defensive player of the year, obviously number two pick in 2019. Um, you add Javon Hargrave. You have Eric Armstead. Like, you know, there was discussion before the season started about you know, by us and, and many others, is this defensive line, this year's version going into the season as good as a 2019 version? Now, the most surprising thing, in my opinion, about this 49er season so far, particularly during this three-game losing streak, is that the defensive line has not been up to billing. It hasn't been nearly as good as any of us really expected it to be. Right. Um, I think there are a number of factors at play. I think Nick Bosa's holdout in training camp in the offseason impacted that to some degree he, he hasn't been the dominant player um, that we're used to seeing I think that's been a factor I also think the coverage and Steve Wilkes has has factored into that as well and we've talked about you know the number like the 
the Niners playing defense on a string with their coverage and tying it all together, taking away early reads, force a quarterback to, to double pump with the ball, give the defensive line more time to get after the passer. Um, and that hasn't been effective because the last three weeks, quarterbacks have been able to get to their top of their drop, make one or two reads, and then, you know, fire off to, to their targets. Um, and so I, I think what this does now is it basically gives everybody a little bit more, um, a little bit more like margin for error. Like Nick Bose is not going to get doubled as often as, as he would have. Um, mm-hmm. You know, maybe if you have, may, maybe some of the interior guys aren't going to get doubled as often as, as they would have. And, and you also get, I think one of the benefits of this is you get Chase Young basically playing for a contract in an ideal scenario, right? Like he could, if he say he has 10 sacks over the final, uh, what are there? Nine games, nine games. If he has like 10 sacks, all of a sudden he's going to be a dude who might be making 25, $30 million a year next year. Right. And like, Mm -hmm. we can't rule out just given his talent and given, you know, the, the supporting cast that's going to be around him. Mm -hmm. That's not, that's not far fetched. And if they have a guy like that, who's capable of doing that alongside Nick Bosa, Javon Hargrave and Eric Armstead, then the ceiling for this 49ers defense could potentially be really high. Mm-hmm. But that's sort of been the confounding thing about, about all of it is that the defense has not been up to standard as of yet. And so maybe this is a shot in the arm they need, you know, coming during the bye. I think, I think the bye does nothing but help, right? It allows Steve Wilkes to to get more time to look in the mirror and figure out what's going on with the defense. It allows the players to maybe get a little bit healthier um, mm-hmm. and, and you know, maybe get away from football for a second if, if there's been an element of, like, pressing over the last three weeks. But mm-hmm. I think overall, when you just look at it, the fact that they're trading a compensatory pick that they basically got for, you know, developing minority candidates for head coaching and GM positions – you know, and to potentially get half a season of Chase Young as a rental. And then if he leaves in free agency and they get a compensatory third round pick back, mm-hmm. then there's really no there. It's hard to find much of a downside here. Um, but if you are looking for a downside, you can look at, you know, Chase Young's injury history and the fact he tore his ACL in 2021. He played nine games in 2021. He played three the next year in 2022 and really has not been not been what he was as a rookie when he had seven and a half sacks in 2020 and he Mm -hmm. won defensive rookie of the year. Right. So he, the ceiling's incredibly high. Um, It's at a minimal cost and the cap number, I mean, his, his contract's basically fully guaranteed and Washington paid the vast majority of it. I, I I think his comp, his, uh, his cap hit for the 49ers is completely negligible at this point. Mm -hmm. So, um, really the only downside is the injury, injury history. And if he's, if he doesn't get back to the form that he was, that he was at in 2020, um, because of the injury history, then it's problematic. But again, this is a dude who has five sacks in seven games this season, which is, you know, a, a double digit sack pace. Um, so and better than anything time... the Niners are currently rolling out. Exactly. And so I have a hard time finding any real downside to this. I think it's, it's a great deal. And, and honestly, it's, you know, I, I think it's, that's why we talked about it in, in August, because we thought something like this could could happen. Here's my here's my issue, because I think you hit you hit all the appropriate nails on the on this deal in itself. Right. My one problem, I guess, for, for lack of a better word, 
is that I don't think talent has been the problem for the for the 49ers. And I don't know that throwing Chase Young at at the other side of Nick Bosa is going to to cure what what ails San Francisco right now. And maybe would you rather have Chase Young there than Cleveland Farrell or a thousand thousand percent. Like I said, I'm not I'm not saying they shouldn't have done the move. They they improved their defensive line today without question. But is our teams going to continue just getting rid of the ball quickly and the 49ers aren't going to be able to do anything about it in coverage? Is is that is that what's just going to go down? Is is oh my god! I almost called him Nick Mullins. Is Brock Purdy going to continue turning the ball over in the second half? Are, are they going to continue missing tackles? Like this is these are all these are all problems to for me that have not necessarily stemmed from the defensive line. Like Nick Bosa had nine pressures against the Bengals. That's he had a really good day, but they just couldn't get the quarterback on the ground. Well, one Burrow made that unbelievable play in the first quarter where he broke two tackles, but they couldn't get him on the ground because he's getting rid of the ball too quickly. And Kirk Cousins did the same thing. So maybe putting Chase Young on the other side speeds the quarterback up that much, but I'm I'm a little bit dubious of that, and I still think that they have adjustments to make, uh, specifically in the secondary, if, if they're going to start getting stops. And they also have to just tackle. Yeah. <laughs> missing tackles is going to is going to also be a significant problem. Hearing Kyle Shanahan say and this is sort of an aside and maybe this is part of the Steve Wilkes discussion, but hearing Kyle mm-hmm. Shanahan say on Monday in his press conference call with reporters that the thing that stuck out to him about the defense the most was the fact that it looked so slow and tired. That was right. wild to me. That was I really was... wild because we have not like effort and like looking slow has never been part of the Niners' defensive issues when yeah. you know they haven't played well over the last few years. It's just been like whatever coverage bus, cornerbacks aren't good enough. It's bet it's never been like well they look slow and tired. That's never been mm-hmm. something. So that to me is is pretty alarming. I'm I'm totally with you. I, I was I was aghast that, that he said that, <laughs> but it's just not. It, you wouldn't expect that because what did we talk about the first five weeks it was look how dialed in they are this team knows that the goal is the number one seed and man look at they're so locked in they're just on a mission then okay you have a little slip up against cleveland but hey you can get back on track monday night prime time against the vikings and go shut down kirk cousins get back on track you just get lit up like okay you can bounce back against joe burrow and the Bengals and then get lit up again and just a I, I I mean maybe the bye week is good and maybe it just it that that screams to me something we talked about in in the last podcast is that something some message is not getting through to that unit. But yeah, and and I'm curious like I'm not going to pretend like I'm some schematic wizard, but I am curious as to what the schematic situation is versus what it was like in you know I'm I'm, I'm going to ask around a little bit, um, but you know like what what's what's happening schematically that makes it seem like there's such a disconnect between what's happening up front and what's happening in the secondary. Because to me, there was like a real symbiotic relationship when the 49ers defense was playing its best under Robert Saul and D'Amico Ryans. It was like there were, they were complimenting each other. They were playing Mm -hmm. on a string, right? Like that's, that to me is a real thing. Mm -hmm. And it just looks completely, completely disjointed right now. Whereas like they're not tying 
the coverage with the pass rush in the sense that they're like forcing the quarterback to hold on to the ball longer than he needs to. Like the quarterback is just getting rid of the ball too quickly. And I think that's a result of the coverage. And to me, I wonder how much Steve Wilkes is at fault or, you know, it like how much different is this coverage scheme compared to what the 49ers are used to running? Because in the, in by and large, like it's been a very similar scheme going from, you know, 2017 to, to 2022. And now we, you know, we haven't seen the 49ers struggles look like this on defense, right? When they've been struggling mm-hmm. defensively, it's been like, well, their corners just aren't any good and they're committing too many pass interference penalties and mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. It's never been, man, the quarterback's just getting the ball out too quickly and finding guys open way too easily. That's never been an issue mm-hmm. um, with the 49ers defense until this point. So that's, that's why I think it's it's so alarming. And, and to your point, maybe Chase Young doesn't impact that. But if mm-hmm. that's the case and they cannot, you know, prevent quarterbacks from getting rid of the ball quickly through their coverage. By the way, Steve Wilkes is a defensive backs coach, right? Like that's what yeah. he is by nature. That's what I thought yeah. was going to be good about this year was there. Oh, right. Man, you're going to get defensive backs are going to be playing really well. Right. And so that if they can't fix that, obviously, they're not going to go nearly as far as they had hoped. But also, mm-hmm. like, Steve Wilkes is not going to be long for the job, if that's the case. Yeah. If they don't sack Trevor Lawrence 13 times in Week 10, <laughs> I'll be ready to say goodbye to Steve Wilkes. You know the bank or the – not the Bengals, the Jaguars, that different – different uh, Just cat, the large cat. Different large jungle uh, Apex cat. predator. Um, yeah, sure. Uh, the Jaguars are 13-4 and four in their last 17 games. Yeah, they're good, man. That's pretty wild. They're really good. Pretty Trevor wild. Lawrence can play. Trent Balky. Yeah, just getting it just, done. Just, just GMing up a storm in Jacksonville. He fell backwards into Trevor Lawrence. What are we doing? <laughs> Whatever. Uh, I miss Trent Balky. Do you? <laughs> the funny thing is, like, you see, as a media member, you see John Lynch. He's like so eager to like come up and shake your hand and like know your name and all that stuff and like. Mm-hmm very friendly and affable and strike conversation with you trent balky could not be any different just that trent balky, if trent balky could live in a windowless room with a projector and a clicker and his only job is to watch film and never converse with another human being who breathes oxygen trent balky would do that ultimate football guy the ultimate football guy is he the football guy the balky guy <laughs> The guy who's who's unhappy with the technique of his DBs, so he has to go out on the practice field and, and let him know what's what. That's so funny. <laughs> Can you imagine John Lynch doing that? At least John Lynch is a Hall of Famer. I was going to say, yeah. John, if John Lynch John wanted Lynch to pull up and be uh, like, yo, Gip, try this. <laughs> John Lynch has, has pelts hey. on the wall, as our guy Eric Branch would say. <laughs> and Branch is keeping receipts, too. Um, <laughs> Always. <laughs> no you know what one of my one of my least favorite things it just like a, and this is everybody does this is when somebody tries to say an obvious thing but make it like a profound thing that they said i told where, you they had to win the turnover battle this week i th- said that right it's stuff like that <laughs> well when when you bring up john lynch teaching something to Tayshawn gibson and somebody will inevitably go oh phew, John Lynch could never play in this NFL. Oh. 
He just he hit guys like that. They don't make guys like that anymore. Like, okay, man, thanks. He might have adjusted. I thought yeah, you were gonna do it. the thing where like former football player looks like he can still play. Oh, but dude, and John Lynch does. Let me tell you, he could he could suit up right now. John Lynch he, looks like he can still play, man. Give him fifteen snaps a game. <laughs> if Monday Night um, Football, when Steve Young was at ESPN, Steve Young was gonna throw a couple passes to Jerry Rice, and people were gonna get on Twitter and be like, you know, Jerry. I think you get out there right now. Yeah, he looks great. No play. It looks great. He might be 53 or whatever he is. But if you're an athlete who's not just fat as shit after you retire, you look like you can still play. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. You look good in your clothing and you lost a little bit of weight. Oh, man. Still got it. <laughs> that guy might still work out a little bit. Maybe he can play professional sports. <laughs> yeah. I don't. Uh, so Chase Young, I don't know. Like, I mean, what's unique about Chase Young? He he is like 6'5", 260. Like he's a bigger, taller, longer defensive end than I feel like we typically see. Mm-hmm. Right? Like he's he's like more like Nick Bosa is um like looks like he's built in a lab, right? But Nick Bosa is not like super tall or super long. Mm-hmm. Chase Young is super tall and super long like he is he is the prototypical like you remember in the draft there were people like reputable people who thought chase young was the better defensive end prospect than either bosa brother right which ended up being wrong but well yeah it ended up being wrong but he also tore his acl and like right took a long time to recover from it chase young 6'5 264 33 and three quarter inch arms, 10 inch hands. He didn't do any measurements at the, uh, do any workouts at the combine. Yeah. Bummer. Yeah. I just pulled up his spider graph. Not, I did too. It's very disappointing. Very disappointing. Hmm. Anyways. Yeah. Chase Young, good player. I think he's, I think he helps. I think he helps. I just don't believe that this solves every single problem that they were having on defense. No, and it sounds like they were close to making a deal for Jalen Johnson, but they just didn't want to give a second round pick. Is that Would what it was? Hmm. I was I, I was wondering if they were if they were hoping to trade for him and then signing him long term and they couldn't find a extension. Yeah, that might be it too. Um Tim Calcomi, friend of the show, said that uh he reported uh that he thought the 49ers were close to to doing a second deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously that that didn't happen. I would guess it would be Jalen Johnson. That was the name that sort of had the most buzz. I think Nick Wagner, our buddy at ESPN, also reported that the 49ers were interested. Um, so I, I I am interested to to know like how they prioritize. Like what was their thinking there? I want to know why they didn't trade a sixth round pick for Ezra Cleveland. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> throw a fifth, throw throw a fifth at Minnesota. He's a really good guard. Aaron Banks is hurt at the mo, so you're gonna roll John Feliciano out there. You put Ezra Cleveland at at, at left guard until Banks comes back, and then figure it out after that. Maybe move him to the right side or whatever. But I think adding more good offensive linemen should have been their top priority. And I know they added to their practice squad jesse davis is that his name 
Yeah, Jesse yeah, Davis. He's played 94 games with 72 starts at the Dolphins and Steelers. Uh, hasn't played at all in the NFL this season, but that's who they added to their practice squad for some internal depth. But it it's Aaron Banks is going to be out a few weeks with a turf toe injury. And so it's John Feliciano, who's their backup center. If they have any other injury on the line, they're hosed. Because like it's Matt Pryor or Nick Zakel is the next man up. Have they ever added a guard? Have they added a guard midseason since the Lake and Tomlinson trade? Which I guess wouldn't even have been midseason because that was right before week one. And is that 2018? 18. Tw- Lake and Tomlinson? 17. Was it 17? I mean, 18? Whatever. Kyle Shanahan has is just super reluctant to ever do anything of note at guard. Like which is insane. Drafted, the fact which is insane. Spencer, Spencer Burford in the fourth round and made him a starter. No, I agree with you generally, but they just that's just not how they operate. Yeah, I guess. Unless it's like maybe Jonathan Cooper. Is that that sure? That's a person. He was a, like maybe he was. It's not a I Mike. Think person, Jonathan Cooper but... was was like the uh, he was like a first round pick. Or did they like did they trade for him or just pick him up after he got anyway? It's they don't 2017, add, by the way, for Lake and Tomlinson. For Lake, for our guy Lake. Um yeah, Kyle Shanahan just he prioritizes center and tackles, and then it's just like whatever, we'll make it work with guard. <laughs> Even though they 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 used a pretty high pick on Aaron Banks. They did. Out. Yeah, they tried to lock that spot down. Uh, somebody asked about the Adoree Jackson rumor with the 49ers that the Niners and Giants had agreed to a trade for Adoree Jackson, but the Giants didn't submit it to the league in time. That was a fake account. That didn't happen. Oh, a bunch of people in the, a bunch of people in the NFL wire slack got got. That'll happen. Having been in that slack, that is, uh, that will happen. Did What's that happen it, with it, Eric Branch too? I saw our guys said he tweeted out that he got duped by a fake account. Yeah, that would that would probably be it. It's a like professional like headshot and it's a real name and it doesn't indicate that it's a parody account. You have to really dig to find it. So anyways. Shouts to Elon, man. That's that's so much fun. He's just crushing he, it, bro. He's just honestly just really crushing it. Just letting anybody buy a blue check mark. That's that's pretty dope. Love to Pretty helpful. It. In the, I don't even know if it's a blue check mark, honestly. Information gathering that that we all yeah. seem to be in. Yeah, no doubt. Classic, classic town square. <laughs> People <laughs> shouting fake sports rumors. <laughs> anyway. So the Niners, the Niners have eighteen sacks on the year. Uh, the the Ravens lead the league with thirty one. Chiefs twenty eight. Bills twenty eight. Dolphins twenty seven. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, like a whole lot of teams. And then you get to the 49ers. If you go on pro football reference and like sort defenses by sacks, the 49ers are 20th. Oof. But there are a bunch of teams that are sort of bunched up with the same number. So they're like the Niners are right in the middle of the league, which has to be given what they're spending and given the talent overall, mm-hmm. just has to be super disappointing. What's going on, y'all? It's Kyle Madsen and Chris Biederman here. From Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network, here to talk to you about prize picks. It's daily fantasy sports, and it's my new favorite thing about the NFL season. Chris, I won 2250 on Sunday. 
I had Christian McCaffrey, more than 66 and a half rushing yards. Debo Samuel, more than 50 and a half receiving yards. Tyler Higby, less than 45 and a half receiving yards. That's all you do. You pick two to six players based on their stat projections. You pick more than or less than. You fill out an entry. And then after you do that, you watch the winnings roll in. It's great. I'm having a great time with it. It's really fun. It's daily fantasy sports. I think at its finest, when you just want to watch a game casually and you think a player is really going to go off or you think a guy is not going to do anything based on your knowledge of the game, um, why not cash in and and make a little extra scratch on the side in daily fantasy? So prize picks, prizepicks.com, promo code candlestick. They will match your offer up to $100. Yeah, quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, an enormous selection of players and stat types. Oh, Prize Picks, the number one daily fantasy sports app. As Chris said, prizepicks.com slash candlestick is the website. Use code candlestick for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash candlestick and use code candlestick for a first deposit deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. The, the the annoying thing is I have people reaching out who are not 49er fans. It just they cover the NFL in some capacity and they're like, hey, what's going on with the Niners? It's like, couldn't a tell lot. you. <laughs> it's, it's a lot. Not, I think it's, it's not, a lot it's, of different things. Right. That's that's the problem is it's not if they were if they were losing these games uh, uh, 17 to 13. You can go, man, defense is still really good, but the offense just struggled without Trent Williams and Debo Samuel. Once they get back, like, let's reassess. But there's that part of it. But then their offense has still been really efficient, but they're just not scoring, and now they're turning the ball over. And then the defense is a mess in, in all three levels. It's just a, huh. it's just so a, we- I, a, a dramatic, such a dramatic turnaround from kicking the shit out of the Cowboys to this. I do feel like... Because I, I, the first five games of the season, they ran for 156 yards per game, mm-hmm. right? Obviously, some of that is a function of playing from ahead, ahead in game scripts and all of that. The last three games during the losing streak, since Trent Williams basically got hurt, 
they've been averaging 95.3 rushing yards per game. So they're down like almost half. Right. So the one, I think a, a fair criticism of Kyle Shanahan, even though I think we would agree and, and the NFL at large would agree Kyle Shanahan's one of the best offensive coaches in football. Mm-hmm. He has not proven that his offenses can work when the running game isn't going. Yep. Right. So like so much of what they do is predicated on, all right, we're going to show you a run look and then we're going to run outside zone that way. And it's going to pop for 12 yards. And then we're going to show the same look and do a play action boot off of it and have George Kittle running free 40 yards downfield. Right. Yep. Kyle Shanahan has been able to do that with his offense and rhythm when they've been able to run the ball ever since he came to the team, no matter who his quarterback's been really. Mm-hmm. But, and this speaks to what, what's the stat? They're 0 38. 0-37 went down by eight points in the fourth quarter. Yep. For whatever reason, Kyle Shanahan cannot devise a passing attack that isn't reliant on the running game being effective. And so um, with, I think with the running game, at least not enough, right? So I, I think that's that's an issue too. Like with, if, if Trent Williams isn't going to be there, and you're not going to be able to run the ball as effectively against these five man down fronts, then you need, and maybe this is a Brock Purdy thing, but I think it's, it's been pretty consistent throughout Kyle Shanahan's tenure there. So like, I don't know that if it's just Brock Purdy or if it might just be what, like the type of quarterback that Kyle Shanahan looks for. Mm -hmm. But I think it's fair to point out that like, we haven't seen Kyle Shanahan's passing offense be really effective when the running game just doesn't work. And the running game, frankly, hasn't worked the last three weeks. And maybe it's as simple as getting Trent Williams back and Debo Samuel back, who who contributes in the running game also. Mm-hmm. But to me, like that's you take away the 49ers running game, and we don't know that Kyle Shanahan and Brock Purdy can pass enough. And you know, particularly if you fall behind by a score or two to win the mm-hmm. game. I mean, that that 0-37 stat, and there are some extenuating so circumstances, wild. right? Like they they had 2017 they were awful right they started 0 and 9 mm-hmm. um i would love to see how many of those lose... well 2018 they lose their starting quarterback 2020 you're you're just screwed by injuries all over the roster right mm-hmm. but at some point you think you'd you'd get one win one <laughs> <laughs> just one like, like 0 down 10 touchdown wild. stop touchdown up four that just that's never happened yeah like get a pick six or like return a kick for i don't know that's something like a lot of, i feel like a lot of bad teams have been able to come back from down more than once what week. what do you think brock purdy's completion rate is the last two weeks 72 70.5 so what do you think his yards what do you think his yards per attempt is the last two weeks is it like nine point something it's almost ten and a half <laughs> yeah, I'm, the the Thanks issue has been that's turnovers. He's right, been that's good. It's just the the turnovers. Also, eleven carries for seventy six yards, dual threat. Some are saying Lamar. I've, I I saw on the internet that someone pointed out that he's, he's quicker than Lamar Jackson. Stop. So, he I, and Lamar you know, Jackson same ten yard burst. Yeah, okay. same ten yard burst, more explosive. Totally. I heard it was great news for the Niners <laughs> at how explosive Brock Purdy was. 
with you both saw his that? arms and his legs. On it was amazing, great, phenomenal news that they Bro, lost three games in a row. And Brock that Lee throw, the throw he made to George Kittle <laughs> on where he sprinted out to the right and started to scramble and then threw it back to the middle of the field. Mm-hmm. That throw took eight years to get there. That ball was in the no. air for such a long time. Yeah, and the angle that I'm sure you had at the press box going that way and seeing it, because I've I've seen those plays before from the press box. You're over yes. all the way on the right side, and that end yes. zone's on the left side, the far side. Yeah. Like, I could imagine that looked like a, like a pick six 16 it, different ways. There were two the- defenders behind Kittle, because you see him rolling out, and then you look to see what he's trying to see, and you see him let that ball go. There's two defenders behind Kittle, and you're like, no chance! <laughs> and it somehow got there. <laughs> Boy, yeah. that was. Uh, I mean, he doesn't throw. I, I think he he makes a lot of good throws, and particularly like throws downfield. He really does. He, he had a lot of really good throws in that game. And if you take away the interceptions, I mean, the numbers would indicate anyway. Brock Purdy had a really good game, but I think even like eye test wise, he had a, he had a really good game. Yeah, that's the fascinating from, thing. Aside is... from the turnovers, aside from the turnovers, obviously. So. But, he does not have much arm strength. No, he, no, he doesn't. But it, 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 he's he's accurate enough down the field, though, and that's that's what really matters. But to yeah, to, but to get back to the reason. point about about Kyle Shanahan's passing game, I don't think it's necessarily the passing game that's a problem. I think that he can design a passing game just fine that that doesn't require the run game to work. I think this team is built where the bar for quarterback has has been dipped so low and it is as good as Brock Purdy is he's in that tier of quarterback where you don't feel great if you're putting the game on his right arm and that's just kind of what the 49ers have had at quarterback under Kyle Shanahan so I I think I think that is the bigger problem is the talent that they've had under center or, or lack thereof to go to go win a game when you can't necessarily rely on the rushing attack so that that's that's the bigger issue to me than than Kyle Shanahan's scheme. Unless you but. get Jimmy Garoppolo's like out of body experience in New Orleans. Okay, there was that one, and then the two third and seventeen throws he made against the Rams in twenty nineteen. Mm-hmm. But they were never down. They must have not been down. No, I think it was ten. Neither of those games. No, not not in the fourth, uh, and and that game was either tied. Or the Rams were up a point because Robbie Gold kicked a game-winning field goal, but yep, never down eight. So, passing defense, the 49ers are 14th in the league. Or wait, they're very. You know what they are. You know what the the U's would call them mid. They're 19th in the league. They are very mid. They're just a mid-ass team right now. Yeah. The I'm good still... news is they have a five they have a five game sample of them being really really good this year with these players. So yeah, I I still generally believe they are far closer to the team that we saw during the first five weeks of the season than than the last three. I think so too. I think we're gonna learn a lot, and I don't want to talk about this now because it's for a different podcast. But I think we're gonna learn a lot about them uh, in week ten, just coming straight out of the bye. Agreed. So, Chase Young Absolutely. will help, though. Whether he solves all of their problems, I don't know. But you certainly like having Chase Young on the field way more than you like having Cleveland Furl or Randy Gregory or Drake Jackson, who's I guess is he's just done for this year. 
Yeah, I think we're going to get a lot of uh, Drake Jackson inactive. Unless they cut Randy Gregory. Healthy scratch games. Hey, what number do you think Chase Young is going to wear? I'm pulling up the Niners roster right now. 98? Oh, no, it's Javon. Javon Hargrave. What do you wear in college? Two? Two. So it looks like 96 is available. Oh, no chance. That's Corey Lemon, yeah, I think. Yeah. So 96. Nope. Uh, 92. Don't love no it. chance. That's Kerry Hyder. Yeah. Uh, he could go like 56. 56 would be fine. That's Samson Abukam. I'm, I'm fine with that. Is there another number um, in the 50s? Oh, Austin Bryant rocks it on the practice squad. 56. Tell Austin Bryant to kick rocks. Could you go? Could you go single digit? Yes, like that's what I was going to look up. Could you go number six? Six would be kind of fire. I'm in on single digits for pass rushers. You have to be yeah, good though. Like huge ass dudes. You definitely yeah. have to be good. You can't be like practice squad guy. What if he wore number one? That would be pretty tough. I would I would I want him to wear number one. That's my I'm hoping that's what he does. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm with you on single digits. I thought nine would have been kind of cool, but that's Braden Willis's number. I'm usually anti nine, but since he went from like going from ninety nine to nine, I think would be kind of cool. And Braden Willis isn't just giving up that jersey. No, you're gonna have to pry it from Braden Willis's <laughs> cold dead hands. Um, I'm tweeting right now that I hope Chase Young wears number one. Okay, good tweet. Thanks, man. Good tweet. Um, are they allowed to go teens? I don't think so. Okay, but don't quote me on that. Yeah. Okay. Um, anything else? Anything else on the Chase Young acquisition? Should they have just not done it and then allocated like more resources to try to get Jalen Johnson? Or was it, do you think Jalen Johnson will was like independent of whatever they did on the Chase Young front? I think it was independent of, 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 the chase young thing and my guess is that they they maybe there was something they saw may or the bears just wanted a first and the niners were going to do that i'm i'm wondering um if there was maybe something they saw on tape where they were like hey you know what we're going to fix this in coverage and it's going to work so let's go get chase young and wreak havoc again i don't know does does the, the word wreak as in wreak havoc like is that the only time it's ever used Do you, is have is like havoc the only thing that could ever be wreaked <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm i never i never i'm gonna <laughs> I don't, any, any, any dude any other time i any other context i think of it in i've heard every other context i think of it in it sounds filthy right like I'm about to reek my pen all over this paper. Like you're gonna do what? <laughs> that sounds crazy. Reek yeah, havoc. Yeah, havoc's the only thing I think you can reek without it sounding weird. Yeah, it's the only thing that you can appropriately reek is some havoc. <laughs> Just dude, anytime you can reek a little havoc, <laughs> I'm gonna do that every time. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's get out of here. We gotta. 
we got to figure out what we're going to do later in the week, but we will do that offline. <laughs> um, we'll we'll come up with some bi-week content, maybe some candies. Yeah, definitely candies. Uh, I don't think Nick Bosa would would give up 97. No, I don't think so. They are close, though. They both went to Ohio State and were teammates. How psyched are you for that? I meant to ask that off the rip. You're just pretty I, fired up. I mean, I, I've I've seen Ohio State players play for the 49ers uh, for a long time, so it's kind of you know old hat at this point. Dante Whitner, other players, Trey Carlos Sermon, Hyde. Carlos Trey. Hyde, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a defensive back who was like practice squad guy for a minute. It's like a long, rangy sort of. He was like a DB, like could play safety and corner. Forgetting his name at the moment. Sure. Um, Larry Grant. Oh yeah, a city college San Francisco guy too, I believe. Yes. Larry Grant's a good one. Um. Yeah, Carlos Hyde. I'm gonna think. I'm gonna think of another one when we're off the pod, and it's gonna really make me upset. I feel really old though, thinking about like all the NFL players from Ohio State who are like really good, and my time at Ohio State like predates all those guys. Like I was there when Malcolm predates Jenkins predates. Okay. I was there when Malcolm Jenkins was there, like Terrell Pryor and like Beanie Wells. Beanie Wells. <sighs> yeah, like that's how long ago. Like I'm washed, bro. I oh, yeah, extremely, <laughs> extremely washed. There was a party going on at your house and you were flipping burgers. That's big washed, bro. <laughs> but that's a good space to be in. That's a good place to be. No, we're we're loving our we're loving our uh, mid thirties. It's just like when you get, you know, like college used to feel like, oh yeah, like I when I was at Ohio State, there are all these NFL guys. Like those right. dudes are now out of the league. It's right. Like, Damn. Damn. I am that's I am old. Bananas. Uh, Dante Johnson was NC State? Yes. Somebody brought that up in the YouTube chat. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, by the way, youtube.com slash at Candlestick Chronicles podcast. Or if you just go to YouTube and search Candlestick Chronicles, it is uh, it is available there. Candle Cron on Twitter. No stick, no wickles. No stick, no wickles. Subscribe um, wherever you get your podcast. Been firing more takes off that, off that platform over there on X. Which we is great. Get- I love that you're back on X talking Niners. <laughs> We do need to uh, to start expanding to other platforms, but that will uh, that will happen in the not too distant future, hopefully. Hell yeah! Can't wait. All right, Let's thanks everybody. We got candy to give out. Um, there may or may not have been trick or treaters knocking on my door, even though it's early. Like if you're trick or treating at five o'clock and the sun's still out, like some of us are podcasting. I apologize for not getting to the door, but you know. I heard the dog. The dog, the dog got it. Lily? Yeah, the dog. The dog let him know. Lily. Yeah, Lily. Yeah. Great dog. A Lily. plus dog. A plus dog, not fond of having people knock on the door. Just so Alright, we're gonna get out of here. Okay. Talk to you guys later in the week. Goodbye, everybody. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. 
change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash aware.